This is MMA Sucker Radio. We cover all things MMA, fight breakdowns and recaps, fighter interviews, and all the latest news from the world of mixed martial arts. MMA Sucker Radio. You've just been sucker punched. What is up, suckers? We're back for another week of Sucker Radio here on MMASucker.com. I am your host, Jeremy Brand. Um, format change this week a little bit. I told you before that we're going to be changing things up. We're not going to have a huge intro here. I'm going to top off with some news to start things off. Todd Duffy, according to UFC Tonight on Fox Sports 1, has been medically cleared to fight. He'd like Anthony Hamilton upon return. Leota Machida versus CB Dalloway is official and set for UFC Fight Night 58 in Brazil. Um, other stuff going down. Obviously, this weekend we have UFC Fight Night 52, Mark Hunt versus Roy Nelson. Not going to go over it at all. Francis Carmont has announced that he has been released from the UFC after a three fight losing streak. That's the news. That's all I'm going to say. On this episode of the show, you can catch an interview with James Krause coming up. You can catch an interview with Marcus Edwards coming up. And kicking things off, we have our brand new report. It's an Asian MMA report with Dinesh John. We said last week that there would be a bit of a new format on Sucker Radio. Well, here's the first of it. Um, We've had him on before. But he's getting his own segment. This thing will happen every couple weeks, maybe every three weeks or so. This is Thinesh John with his Asian MMA banter. Thinesh, have at her, buddy. Right, guys. So welcome to the uh, first ever Asian MMA banter. And um, on this episode, I'm going to start off by talking about UFC Japan, otherwise known as UFC Fight Night 52. It takes place on Sunday at the uh, Saitama Super Arena in Saitama, Japan, and the whole card will be basically streamed live on UFC Fight Pass. Um, as you guys know, I'm an Asian MMA nerd, and naturally I'm psyched when the UFC hits Asian shores, but this card has got my utmost attention, and for good reason. Mainly because the lineup is filled with a host, and I mean a host of Asian MMA talents, and I run through the running order really quickly. In the main we, in the main event, we have a spectacular heavyweight fight between two genuine knockout artists in Roy Nelson and Mark Hunt. Simply put, this has a fucking knockout written all over it. I tend to say this a lot, but I'm usually right when I do, and I believe this is a five-round affair as well. So as we've seen in the past, it's not often we see both these guys go the distance. So the chances of a knockout will be high in this one. A clash of... Uh, two behemoths and fans are no doubt going to be in for a treat. Um, the co-main event is a good one as well. It sees Miles Fury Jury up against Japan's own MMA royalty by Mei Takanari Gomi. Um, this is a classic battle between old school and new school. Um, Jury is unbeaten at 14-0 and has been nothing short of spectacular in his UFC appearances thus far, while um, Gomi is a legend, a former pride champ with multiple accolades. Um, he has kind of dazzled between wins and losses of late and might be at the tail end of his career, but you know what? You, can, you can't ever count out the fireball kid now, can you? 
especially when it's on uh, his own turf. So a win for Jury will put him at 6 and 0 at 155 pounds and it'll be interesting to see how he fares in the rankings and uh, in the uh, title conversation should he get the W. Um, Alright, so next up we have uh, Japan's favourite son, Sexyama, back in uh, the Octagon. Um, obviously that's not his name, but I think we'll keep it that way because that's how perfect his tone and physique is. Anyway, Akiyama is on a 4-fight losing skit and at 39 I have no idea what business he has on the UFC roster, but let's see if he, he'll be able to put those judo skills to good use against uh, Tough 7 winner Amir Sadola, who, mind you, hasn't competed in, in two years. Um, the only women's bout on the card pits former Strikeforce champ Misha Tate against Rin Nakai. Now, I think we all know about Misha Tate. I think we, we know enough about Misha Tate, but we don't know much about Rin Nakai at all, who's um, making a UFC debut. In all fairness, um, Nakai does have a good chance of winning here. She has an unbeaten record of 16-0, and she's faced credible competition. She, she's got wins over Sarah D. Alilio and Tara La Rosa. So I thought it was like about damn fucking time the UFC gave her a call. Um, a friend of mine, Danielle West, has actually fought her twice and each time we talk about her, she has nothing but good things to say about Naka in terms of her abilities in the cage. So I reckon um, Tate is going to be in for a tough test for this one. Um, next up we have Kuchi Kunimoto taking on Richard Walsh at welterweight. But I think kicking off the, the main card will be a fighter that everybody should be on the lookout for and that's Kaioji Horiguchi. I seemingly run out of um, superlatives whenever I talk about Horiguchi because this guy looks a proper talent out of the Japanese circles and has been one of Shuto's standout fighters in recent times. If you guys are feeling it, check out his fight from Valetudo Japan Saken, uh, second from June last year where he pulled off a resounding come from behind TKO win over Shintaro Ishiwatari. It was in my books one of Asian MMA's leading candidates for fight of the year. Two fights on, and um, Horiguchi fights this weekend against John Delos Reyes. I had the pleasure of seeing Reyes compete uh, in UFC Singapore um, earlier this year in January, and he lost by submission to Dustin Kamura. Um, I wasn't too impressed with Reyes, so I think he might have to set up the barricades in this one because on paper, Horiguchi is a tough and strong favorite to get his hand raised. Alright, so the prelims is stacked as well, and the two featured bouts are Alex Caceres versus Masanori Kanehara and Katsunori Kuno versus Sam Cecilia. I'm going for Alex Caceres because of his vast UFC experience, but Kikuno and Cecilia should turn out to be a fun fight. Kikuno has this crazy unorthodox karate style that opponents seemingly have no idea how to deal with, while Cecilia is one of um, Mike Chiesa's training partners at Sik Jitsu and as we know he packs a punch in those strikes. This should be an exciting fight. Um, next up uh, we have two um, PXC products, Hyun Gyal Lim and Michinori Tanaka. Um, both of them have been absolutely outstanding in the UFC thus far since leaving PXC. I like Lim's chances over Takanari Sato who if you recall was demolished against Eric Silva in his previous outing. Uh, Tanaka on the other hand takes my bet to chain, you know, just to put on another chain wrestling clinic and expect him to uh, pick off a decision victory over Kyung Ho Kang. 
Tanaka Kang, to be honest, is um, one of the bouts I'm looking forward to most. Kang is, if, if you don't know him by now, he's had a few UFC appearances. He last fought in uh, UFC Singapore, and he's a stablemate of uh, Dong Hyun Kim, and they call him Mr. Perfect um, for a reason, because he's really well-rounded. But I just think uh, Tanaka, just watching his recent fights, I think his wrestling game should be too much for uh, the South Korean here. Uh, we have Kazuki Tokudon versus Johnny Case at lightweight and kicking off um, the whole event will be former AFC champ Dan the Hangman Hooker against Maximo Blanco. Um, Hooker is 1-0, uh, he just um, um, got a win over uh, Ian Anderson in, in the UFC and he's well known in Australia most notably for uh, his work in Australian Fighting Championship where I believe he was um, the champ in, in that promotion. Um, I'm uncertain as to whether he, he still goes to Thailand to train in Tiger Muay Thai, but I suspect he does, which is obviously good for him. But um, anyway, after that win over Ian Andrews, so I think Maximo Blanco will be a good test. Um, Blanco has basically been riding between wins and losses since linking up with the UFC, and for the first time in his UFC career, he'll be looking for back-to-back -back victories. It's a, it's a good fight for... for I'm, I'm going to favor the Asian MMA guy here, so I'm, I'm saying it's going to be a good fight for Dan Hooker. I think he has a good chance of going 2-0. So that's it for UFC Japan from me. I'll now be sharing some of my views on the Asian MMA scene. Um, 1FC recently capped off a pretty neat show in Cambodia with their landmark 20th event titled Rise of the Kingdom. Now, if you didn't know, the event was not available for viewing anywhere except for those living in Cambodia. So, don't beat yourself up if you couldn't get a stream because there wasn't one available at all. Right, I'll be honest and admit that even with the headlining title matchup, when I first saw the card, I had no idea who the, who the guys were and I couldn't pronounce half of their names. But as the saying goes, sometimes the weaker cards impress the most. Well, in this case, that was exactly it. Of the 10 fights, only one went the distance, and that was a pretty competitive fight as well. Um, it was between uh, Radim Rahman of uh, Singapore. He's um, widely considered as Singapore's first MMA fighter, and uh, Sung Ming Yen, who's um, considered as the pioneer of MMA in Taiwan. So that was a good fight, and that was the only fight which went three rounds. Um, Elsewhere on the card, uh, Radim's countrymate, um, teammate should I say as well, Amir Khan, not to confuse herself with the boxer, this one's only 19 years old. Um, he had a fantastic MMA debut and he knocked out Malaysia's Tian uh, Kai Chi. Um, also at the event, 1FC um, came back with its um, national featherweight tournaments and uh, it's the second after Malaysia, which was won by uh, AJ Pyro, I believe. So. This one was won by, uh, won by uh, Samang Dung um, by disqualification after an illegal head stomp. Um, you guys saw it? Trust me, that hurt. Um, Karos Fodor got back in the title mix in uh, the co-main event with a second round sub over Vincent Latoa. But in the main event, Adriano Morash captured the vacant flyweight title. And honestly, people, this kid looks fucking legit and could be a huge force to be reckoned with. I like this guy. He's really well-rounded, but the odd thing about 1FC, apart from the featherweight division, is that they kind of have a Ronda Rousey in almost every weight class. 
I'm talking about guys like Ben Askren, Bibiano Fernandez, Shinya Yoki, who are champs in their own divisions. These guys are so dominant in their categories and with one FC's um, repetitive emphasis on basically feeding them more often than not, I just think they will forever be invincible. I can't find anyone within the ranks at all capable of beating them and I'm just afraid that Adriano Moresh, for one, might find himself in the same situation. Because right now, the only reasonable challenge that I can see for him is Andrew Leone. But once again, Leone is just hell-bent on being the John Lineker of 1FC with his weight issues and whatnot. So I'm not sure he'll actually challenge for the title anytime soon. And if you move down the 125-pound 1FC pecking order, there just isn't anyone readily available to step up and face the champ. So... Houston, 1FC has a problem, not just with Moresh, but I think the rest of the champs as well. I might just fucking write about that soon, so look out for it. Um, the next 1FC event takes place on October 17 in uh, Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, just across my border. Uh, it's titled Raw of Tigers, and if you've seen the poster, I think uh, Nicki Minaj's Anaconda song makes for a perfect theme. Um, yeah, and that's it from me, Tinesh John, and do tune in to uh, Soccer Radio next time out for more Asian MMA banter. Pretty cool little new uh, segment there with Tinesh John uh, from Singapore, our very own at MMASucker.com. Um, that segment will come up every couple weeks, every two weeks, three weeks, four weeks. We don't know yet, but it's going to be popping up here and there um, as a new segment here on Sucker Radio. Coming up right now, um, is a man who is taking on Jorge Masvidal at UFC 178, Mr. James Krause, right after this. This man has been in the sport of mixed martial arts professionally since 2007 and will be taking on George Masvidal or Jorge Masvidal at UFC 178. Please welcome James Krause to Sucker Radio. James, thanks for joining me today, man. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Fun. Now... Text messaging you, you said, uh, you know, can we do this earlier? Can we do it now? Whatever. Um, you had been training all day. You're beat up. Uh, what's the deal with that? It's We're just over a week out from the fight. Um, how intense are you training these days? Um, I mean, I, I stay pretty fairly intense. Uh, I'll, I'll take all next week off from my weight cut and stuff like that. I mean, I don't change anything really uh, until, until the week of... Um, and you know, I just the guys that, that I have in my training camp know I'm getting ready, so it's 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 hard work, but it's you know it's controlled work. So I'm getting good workouts in, and uh, but they're safe workouts. <laughs> now looking back, going back in time a little bit here, you fought the who's who's during your seven plus year fighting career. Um, do you ever look back and just think, wow, look at how far I've come? Oh man, all the time. You know, it's uh, it's pretty amazing how far. You know, I I really never never knew until a couple of years ago that that I would be where I am. You know, I just it was just you know I'm just a, a kid from a small town of 5,500 people. So it's you know it's a dream come true for for me to come out and represent you know that my, my city here and uh, just people that you know my gym and and everybody. So yeah, it's it's amazing and really to kind of step back and look at how far everything's happened. Are you the biggest sporting product come out of that town? Um, you know, there's a couple other people we have. We actually have an Olympic gold medalist, um, 
in gymnastics, and we have a couple Major League Baseball pitchers, but that's about it. Small town called Odessa, Missouri, uh, about 5,500 people. Wow. Now, along with those fights that we looked back at, you've also fought for a crapload of different organizations, including the now-defunct WEC. Um, are you surprised at all that it took you so long to get to the UFC? Um, yes and no. You know, I, I just when I made it to the WEC, I just I, I wasn't mature enough. I wasn't ready. Um, you know, and then when I finally made it, I thought it was a little late. You know, I thought after after uh, a couple of my wins, I would have got there. But you know, I really don't like to look back on it. It, it took. It took long enough, you know, I think with the Ultimate Fighter kind of holding me back a little bit, I think it took a couple more, you know, decisive fights for me to, to get signed. And I'm okay with that, you know. It's led me to the journey I'm on right now, and uh, I'm really happy with where I am. And, you know, even even after being signed, they haven't given me any, any gifts, that's yeah. for sure. You know, I'm fighting, I'm fighting good guys, and I don't know if they love me or if they hate me or... <laughs> You know what, but uh, they definitely haven't given me any gifts, and, and I really don't I don't need gifts right now. I'm at a point where I really want to test myself, and I want to see how good I really am, and uh, I think Masvidal is a great guy to do that against. So you're thankful, I guess, that you didn't actually make it onto that season, The Ultimate Fighter, a few years back? You know, uh, yes and no. You know, I, who knows how it would have turned out uh, if I would have gotten on it, but like I said, man, I'm a pretty positive person, and I try to stay on a positive mind track, and... Uh, I don't really, I don't really pay much mind to, to you know, woulda, coulda, shoulda. You know, I am where I am now from the hard work and dedication I put in, even after failing on that, you know, on that particular uh, instance. But you know, like I said, I'm happy with the journey I've gone, and uh, man, I, I'm looking to make some waves here really soon. I feel like uh, I'm still kind of uh, in the shadows and under the radar uh, to a lot of people, and I'm hoping to crack in the top 15 with a win here next Saturday. For sure. Now, obviously, you said you don't like to look back in the past, but you were riding an eight-fight winning streak, which was messed up by that damn TKO low blow by Bobby Green. Um, do you still do you not look back on that a little bit? Because you would be riding a ten-fight winning streak if you had come out of that the way it should have gone. No, man, it is what it is. It happens. Uh, no, I don't... You know, John McCarthy made the, the best decision he could with what he was given, and, uh, you know, what am I going to do about it? I can't do anything about it now. Uh, it is what it is, and the decision's been made, so I have to I have to live with that decision, and, uh, you know, I just refuse to, I refuse to hold myself back by, by uh, you know, worrying about a 10 fight win streak, which, you know, I don't think I'd be in any different of a spot. Really, you know, I, I really don't. I'm I'm fighting the top fifteen guy next, and uh, you know, I'm happy with where I am, man. I think it's a great fight for me, great matchups. Uh, everything happens for a reason, you know. I just uh, I become stronger from that, and uh, I just I push forward, man. I don't, I don't like to look on that back stuff. I don't. It's I, I don't even. I really don't even think about it that much. The only time I think about it is when you know when when somebody asks about it, which yeah. is no big deal to me at all. Uh, but I don't really, I don't really pay any attention to it, man. It's uh, I almost erased it like it never happened in my mind. Now, how stoked are you? Obviously, you got to be stoked to get back into that cage after um, your performance against Jamie Varner. It was sort of a shitty way to lose that fight, but you got to be stoked to get right back in there, eh? Um, it was a shitty way for Varner to lose the fight. Yeah, I mean, broken ankle, whatever it was. Yeah, I mean, uh, 
it happens. Uh, you know, I don't know. It's uh, yeah, it sucks for him. Unfortunately, uh, I feel I feel great though. I was happy with my performance. <laughs> yeah, you look great. Uh, That's what I mean. How stoked are you to get back in there and continue on that? Yeah, you know, I'm real happy, man. I, I just um, I really want to test myself. You know, against these guys, uh, I think I'm I think I'm good, man. I think I'm really good. I think I'm one of the best in the world. Um, I know at, at, on any given day I can be any any lightweight in the world, and uh, man, I feel I feel great. You know, I really do. And uh, I think Masvidal is a very very tough opponent, probably my toughest fight to date. And uh, I'm very excited for the challenge. You know, I'm, I've backed myself into a corner. I say this every fight. You know, I've backed myself into a corner where where it's you know I, I really I I push myself to kind of rise to the occasion and uh you know I'm I'm very stoked to get back in there and really see how far I can take this. Now you said you think you deserve a top 15 opponent uh with a victory over Masvidal. This guy's got a decent record inside the octagon. He was also a title challenger um in strike force. Do you not think that that a victory over a guy like this with the record that he holds would deserve a top 10 opponent next? Well, he is top 15. I mean, he's ranked 13 right now, I believe. Um, so I think, you know, a win over him, I would like to assume, puts me in top 15. Uh, if I'm in top 15, I mean, I need to be fighting top 15 competition. So I would love, you know, with a win over Masbro, I would love to fight top 10 guys. You know, uh, I think that's where I need to be. Those are the guys I want to fight. And, uh, you know, I, obviously I have a tough task ahead of me. But I feel like if I don't get a top 15 spot with a win over Stout, Varner, and Jorge Masvidal, uh, you know, I think I think that's a, a big mistake on, on the, whoever does the rankings, you know, whichever rankings you're looking at uh, on their part. You know, I think I deserve it. And uh, we'll see, you know, we'll see where I get put. And, and if I'm not there, then, then who do I need to fight to get there? And then let's set <laughs> that one up next. For sure. Now, being a guy that teaches... Um, you must watch a lot of tape. Uh, where do you see Masvidal's biggest weaknesses? I mean, you said he's the toughest test to date. Yeah, you know, Masvidal is is, is very, very traditional in his boxing, um, and, and that's not a bad thing. It's just, uh, you know, I think I posed some different threats that he hasn't really seen. Um, you know, I just... I, I match up. I tend to match up very well against traditional fighters. Uh, you know, we call them. I call them ABAB fighters. You know, it's, and it's not a bad thing. He's very, very good at it. So it's, you know, I have to watch that very traditional boxing. But I, I tend to match up. My rhythm and my beats are a little different than most guys. And uh, you know, I, I threaten with the guillotine well. Um, and I think I pose uh, threats with kicks. You know, I think I'm definitely better in the kicking department than he is. But uh, you know, that's why we fight. So it's. Uh, I'm excited. Like I said. Uh, he, he's very good. He's hard to finish. Super, super tough dude. He's gonna be hard to submit, hard to take down, hard to keep down. If I get him down, you know, he's just a tough dude. He's a durable guy. Uh, and he's good everywhere. So you know, he, he doesn't really have a ton of gaping holes. You know, it's just you know maybe I can get him, get him on tonight. You know, maybe I can find a weakness that one night. For sure. Now you sort of killed my next question, but I'm gonna ask it anyway. Visualization comes into play during training camp leading up to the fight. I'm sure fight week while weight cutting, there's tons of thoughts going through your mind, not just cutting the weight, but how you're going to finish this guy. How do you feel like you're going to finish Masvidal visualization-wise? I'm guessing it's a submission of some sort. 
Yeah, I could definitely, you know, I could definitely see uh, him trying to take me, take me down and win around, and 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 me catching a guillotine. You know, it won't be the first time it's happened. Uh, it won't be the second or third time it's happened. <laughs> so, you know, it's 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 my bread and butter. It's my probably my best submission. Uh, you know, it's something I'm I'm very good at. I find it in in awkward different spots, and you know, I know he's training the guillotine there. Um. But my guillotine is different. It's not like everybody else's. You know, I've trained. I just got done training at ATT a few months ago. You know, we were training right next to each other, you know, five feet from each other at one point. Uh, you know, I just left there. So I know those guys, they're they're training the guillotine right now, but they don't have anybody there that can emulate me. You know what I mean? It's, it's They have the guys with a height and stuff like that. But they just don't have anybody that can put my style together. You know, I you know somebody that switches stances often, somebody that has as good of a guillotine, somebody kicks as well. They just don't have that you know, they don't have me there. It's different. You know, it's, uh, I'm not a, I'm not a traditional fighter. I bring unorthodox moves to the table. And, um, I think that's where the difference is going to be. You said you, you left ATT. You, you, did you, were you training there before this fight was announced or while after it had been announced? No, no, no. Way before. Uh, okay. I was training there for the Barner fight. Ah, I okay. went and trained with T-Bow and Will Brooks a little bit because T-Bow just fought him recently. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Now, on moving away from this fight, talk about you a little bit. Now, on your Facebook, you pimp your gym every chance you get, I've noticed. And uh, I, what I've seen is that you have a ton of fighters um, with fights coming up with Titan FC, Bellator, um, yours at UFC 178. Just give us some names from Glory, MMA, and Fitness that we should look out for. Yeah, absolutely. We have uh, we have Anthony Gutierrez. He fights uh, Shark Bay. He fights uh, the same day I or the day before I do on Titan in Texas. Uh, it'll be his first you know real big fight against UFC vet uh, Wallo Watson. Um, myself, uh, Tim Elliott, number, top ten ranked lightweight in the UFC. Uh, Zach Cummings. Uh, he's a uh, probably the biggest welterweight you'll ever find. Uh, he's also in the UFC. Um, we have a guy named Gaston Reno, uh, they call him Tonga. He's a, a Muay Thai specialist, 1-0 in MMA. He'll be in a big show very soon. Uh, he's fought for, for Titan already. Very, very high-level striker. Um, I mean, those are just, those are just a few that, you know, we have, but we have some, we have some pretty good dudes. Uh, you know, Bobby Cooper's fought for Bellator, Aaron Darrow's fought for Bellator. We have a bunch of guys that, you know, don't have a huge, name but they are very very talented and they'll be you know making it on the big shows here real soon yeah it definitely sounds like you're training with some beasts so yeah i'm I'm not as a you know and my what's crazy is my 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 training partners for this fight haven't been like you know they're not crazy quote-unquote high-level guys you know they're just they're very 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 talented at what they do and they're just not in a big show yet you know that's you know, at one point I wasn't in a big show. It's just part of the game. You know what I mean? Sometimes you, it's just the only the only thing that is different between somebody in the UFC and somebody not is maybe a day. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's the skill level. You know as well as I do that there's you know hundreds of thousands of guys that are uh, just as good, if not better, than some of the guys in the UFC, and they're not there. Especially with all these fight pass, uh, you know, regional shows going on these days. Yep. Yep. <laughs> now, finally, I'm going to put you on the spot here. You're known for your amazing ground skills. If you could tap any single person in the world out, and I mean anyone, who would it be? Oh, 
I would say it has to be somebody super high level like Marcelo or or uh, maybe Hickson. I don't know, you know, uh, somebody high level that would give you some notoriety for for submitting them. Nice. He is James Krause. You can catch him on the UFC 178 Fox Sports 1 preliminary portion of the card on September 27th. Um, James, thanks a bunch, man, for doing this. And just let people know where they can get a hold of you in the social media universe. Also, give a shout-out to your sponsors and Jim. Absolutely. Uh, pretty much you can hit me up on any social media, like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Score, all those. It's all the same. It's the James Krause. Um my gym is Glory MMA Fitness and his new book. We have all the things, you know, GloryMMAFitness.com, Glory MMA Fitness for Twitter, Glory MMA Fitness for Facebook. Um, shout out to this friend. You know, they've always, always had my back for all my fights. And they're, you know, they've been there since I got in the UFC and they're an awesome family to work with. Uh, but yeah, you know, that's, thank you guys for having me. I, I appreciate it telling me it means a lot. That's, uh, you know, what little fame I have is because of, because of you guys. Thanks a bunch, James. Good luck against Jorge Masvidal next weekend, and uh, go get some rest. Yeah, thanks, bro. I appreciate it. Kraus is known for his submissions. He's known for his heavy kicks. This is going to be an insane fight against Jorge Masvidal. It could easily be fight of the night, uh, performance of the night. It could be any of the above. This fight has fireworks written all over it. Now let's get right to my next segment, uh, it will be Justin Pirro's Unpopular Opinions. Hello, everybody. It's me, Justin Pirro, back here to give you more unpopular opinions on Sucker Radio here at MMASucker.com. First off, let's start with the re-signing of Maurizio Shogun Hua. I, you know, I know a lot of people are fans. Hell, my wife is a fan, and I know she disagrees with my opinion on this. But... He needs to retire. The UFC should not have re-signed him. I mean, he's, he's, I'm sorry, but he, he's got so many hours of fight time. It's ridiculous. I mean, he's not that far off from the Noguera brothers. He has taken a lot of beatings in his career. And yes, he's come back and won, but he's not doing so great now and I worry about you know his mental health because he's his chin's going I just I wish common sense would prevail I wish the guy would respect the opinions of his uh, wife and his mother who obviously care about him enough to tell him the unvarnished truth that he needs to retire the guy's got the knees of Mick Foley and he's starting to develop the chin of Overeem it's not a good it's not a good thing. It's not. You know, he's he's got to retire. And I'm disappointed that Dana White didn't coerce him into it. Next up, we've got Ridden Nakai versus Misha Tate coming up at UFC Fight Night 52. You know, the one in Japan. Headlined by the ultra-violence, Mark Hunt and Roy Nelson in a heavyweight matchup. But anyways, back to Nakai and Tate. I'm really disappointed with the fact that the UFC is giving Nakai this push. You know, it's... 
I don't understand this. I mean, yes, she has wins over Tara La Rosa and Sarah Delilio. Delilio is probably the most legit, especially considering that La Rosa has been competing at flyweight, 125 pounds for the past little while. So, you know, she went, she basically went up a weight class and fought Rin Nakai in a promotion who has been known to play fast and loose with the rules in regards to protecting their queen, that being Pancrase. If you don't know about it, ask Danielle West. Danielle West will tell you all kinds of stories about how Pancrase was changing the rules right up to the day of the fight in her rematch with Nakai. So, yeah. For the first time ever, I'm going to have to say Misha Tate's going to win this. And if you know me, you know I'm not a fan of Miss Tate. And one last thing. Um, this, this was brought to my mind again after I watched Fight Church for the purposes of review. But people under the age of 16 should not be allowed to compete in amateur combat sports events in front of paying audiences. Tournaments are fine. You know, like Golden Gloves tournament's fine. You know, martial arts tournaments are fine. But if you're doing it as part of an actual proper combat sports card, no. No, that shouldn't be happening. And quite honestly, I find it distasteful. It's it's the kind of thing that gives the critics of combat sports more ammunition. And we need to be smart enough to know that we shouldn't be doing it. You shouldn't be allowed to compete as an amateur if you're under 16 anyways. You shouldn't be able to compete as a professional until you're 18. Yes, I understand Jordan Mean and Rory McDonald got their starts very young as professionals, but that's because we didn't have the amateur ranks that we have now. There was no amateur competitions for them to take part in. But it shouldn't be happening now. If you see a kid... It's about on an MMA card, even as an exhibition, or on a kickboxing card, or on a boxing card. Walk out. It shouldn't. Be, it shouldn't be happening. I know these kids want to compete, but you know they should be building their skills in tournaments and in classes. There's no point for them to be going out in front of paying audiences who quite often are, you know, drunk. If you've ever been to an amateur MMA card, you know, there's a good portion of the crowd who's local yokels, and they're wasted. It's not an environment for kids in a lot of situations. Trust me, I've been, I've, I've been to some doozies, but anyways. Like I said, if you're under 16, you shouldn't be on a combat sports card, period. Alright, if you got something to say to me... At Stormland Brand on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Stormland. All right, back to you, Jeremy. As always, each and every week, Justin Perot gives us his unpopular opinion, his take on the good and the bad and the ugly from the sport of mixed martial arts. So thank you to Justin for that. Uh, coming up next is uh, MFC 41 main event fighter Marcus Edwards. Joining me now is one half of the MFC 41 main event. Marcus Edwards will take on Tom Galicchio for the MFC Lightweight Championship. Marcus, thanks for joining me today, man. Hey, what's up, man? No problem. Thanks for having me. 
Now, first things first, you've been a pro in the sport of MMA since 2012, and I've already seen 10 fights in those two years. Uh, that's quite a few for just about two years. Just explain to people how you got into the sport of MMA. Oh, man, I, uh, you know, I graduated high school and, uh, you know, I had some offers to go off and wrestle and play football at some uh, pretty big colleges, but I uh, decided to take a year off and I ended up uh, walking into a gym and training and uh, that was with uh, Thomas Dinning, uh, Thomas Alana Dinning, and uh, he was, uh, he pretty much trained there for three days, he pretty much came to me and was like, hey, man, you, uh, you have something I've never seen before and I'm moving to Colorado in about a week. Um, I want to make you the best fighter in the world if you're willing to move out there with me and um, that, you know, ever since I had packed my, I went home, I, I thought over everything, I was like, at least I got a year to, you know, give it a shot and see where it goes and, um, you know, I, I, the next day I packed all my stuff up, I moved into his house, I would pack everything up, I moved to Colorado a week later and, uh, you know, went 11-0 as an amateur and, you know, been on this career ever since. Wow, yeah. Looking at your record, you did have quite the amateur career. You you just said eleven and zero. Why did it take so long for you to turn pro? Ah, uh, man, it, it was hard. You know, I fought in tough. I fought for King of the Cage. I was fighting some, you know, promotions all over the place. Um, it was hard to find a, a tough match at amateur level. Um, you know, I was beating guys in twenty seconds, thirty seconds. Uh, I mean, uh, I think I had like a combined of like eight minutes in all eleven fights or something. <laughs> something like that, maybe less, um, I'm not sure, maybe like around five minutes, I'm not sure, but it was hard to find a tough match and a tough fight, I ended up fucking up that 170 a few times, um, and, you know, it, it was just tough, so I was planning on going pro after my fourth or fifth fight, but, uh, you know, it just we just never found that grimy, grinding match that tested me, so, you know, we're like, you, in order to find that fight, we're going to have to go pro, so after that, you know, I had to make some changes for myself to, you know, better myself and better, you know, where I was to, you know, you know, to want to, want to continue to push forward. And um, I uh, ended up making a gym uh, change, and uh, I'm not, I was I transferred over to with um, Mark Montoya at Factory X, and ended up being a great uh, suit for me. And uh, you know, we came here, and I told him, I was like, hey, man, I, I want the toughest fight we can find. Um, you know, something had happened with um, Justin uh, Gaethje's fight someone pulled out or something or they wanted me to fight him so I, I stepped in and you know I trained my ass off for that fight and you know we ended up fighting and I still to this day he was my first pro fight I was like his seventh uh fight I believe and you know I, I took him to a decision and uh you know it was a tough decision for him um I mean I, if I if I had a little bit more experience of going past the first round or even past the first minute you know if I had the experience I have now, you know, it would have been a different story, but he had the experience factor and the understanding of, you know, how, how to pace himself through the round and, you know, stuff like that. So, you know, I, I fought Justin Gates in my, my first fight. So, you know, once I fought him and went to distance, everybody's like, oh, man, you're going to be great. So, you know, let's, you know, let's start getting you in there with some badasses. So I was like, all right, cool, let's do it. Is that is that a fight you'd like to take again now that you've got that experience? Oh, yes, of course. Um, you know, I'd love to fight Justin Gaethje again, and I would love to fight Efren Escandera. Um, those, those are my two losses by, by split decision. And um, I I, uh, I want both of those back. Um, you know, both of those camps, I had a lot going on um, mentally, um, you know, emotionally, and, you know, just outside the gym. And it's all a learning experience. You know, you go through this career, um, you know, of 
testing your body, but it also tests your mind and it, it tests who you are and what type of person you are. Um, so you have to be mentally strong to go through this. And, you know, uh, both times I just had, you know, a lot going on in my personal life while I was, you know, making training and trying to stay true to my camp. But, um, you know, it, it's hard to, you know, block everything out. You know, they always say when you step into the gym, leave everything, you know, all your personal home stuff, leave it at the door. Uh, and that's true, you know, and, and it's hard if you're not experienced to, to actually grasp the concept of that. And, you know, that's one thing I've actually grasped and one thing I've learned through, you know, my, my time of fighting over 21 fights altogether, I believe I have. And, um, you know, I, I feel that, you know, I am a veteran in that aspect of the sport of, you know, being able to, you know, just leave it at the door and, and go and fight, you know. Uh, one example of that um, is, you know, taking – a fight on three or four day notice for Mark Pavlich, the first fight um, that I fought for him, um, the, I believe it was the NFC 39, yeah, 39. Yeah, yeah. And um, you know, I, I had to, you know, I didn't even train. I, had, I hadn't even trained. They just called me my first day back into the gym. Then I get home, my manager calls me that night, like, hey, uh, big opportunity fighting for Mark Pavlich, NFC Canada this Friday. I'm like, Damn, like, all right. I was like, let's see the opponent. Let's see what he's about. And, you know, we looked at the opponent. I thought I could beat him. And, you know, uh, they were like, all right, we had to take the fight. And then, like, you got to get all these medicals done. So I ran around for three, four days trying to get CAT scans, trying to get all this stuff, you know. Like, it was just crazy. And uh, I, I rolled into the airport, you know, straight from the airport to the sauna, from the sauna to the scale, from the scale and all the interviews and, you know, homes, to back to the hotel. And then, you know, it was just a good experience and go in and win a fight like that on a short notice, you know, that just, you know, goes ahead and, and tells you where my mind is and how bad I want this and, you know, where I'm, you know, looking to be in the next, you know, few months to a year or so. Definitely. You see young fighters uh, sort of do that quite often to push their career a little further is almost take fights um, anytime, anywhere kind of thing, this, it, that kind of thing could be detrimental to a fighter. Do you not agree? Oh yeah, no, definitely. It, it can be, it just depends on what type of person you are, um, outside of the sport. Um, you know, it, it, it all depends on who you are and, and what you feel you're capable of. What do you believe you're worth and what do you believe you can accomplish? And, and at the end of the day, that's pretty much what it comes down to. You got to believe in yourself no matter what. Now, you, you spoke about your first MFC fight. You signed with them in early 2014, obviously on just a few days' notice. You won both those fights, both your MFC fights by rear naked choke. All of your victories have come by stoppage. Your two losses, however, have come by decision. Does that mean you don't like going the full three rounds? Oh, man, no. I, I mean, I have no problem going the full three rounds. I mean, I trained to fight a, for a war. You know, that's what I trained to do. You know, I... I train to, you know, fight, you know, 15 minutes. Um, you know, I'm always looking for the stoppage, so I, I, I find it frequently. Um, it's just, I, I believe, you know, the, those were just learning experiences for me to, you know, really, uh, you know, everyone has to lose a couple to, to actually learn something. Um, and, and that's what I've learned, you know. I, I've learned the, the point system of fighting, you know. I, I didn't really... Coming into fighting, I didn't really think, like, oh, you're going to get points and you get this for a takedown. And, this, you know, I, I'm out here just trying to beat people. I'm trying to hurt people and, and physically and mentally, emotionally, spiritually, internally, and externally break them and, and, and make them wish that they never stepped into the ring with me. So 
I'm not thinking of going 15 minutes, and if I get a takedown by the end of this round, I'm going to win this round because it was kind of close, and, you know, I, I ended up with a takedown. Um, unfortunately, takedowns are, you know, scored heavily in MMA. Um, so, you know, those are all learning things for me uh, to, to learn that, you know, it's not all about just trying to demolish your opponent and, and take everything out of them. Uh, but at the same time, you need to be able to, you know, have that understanding that, okay, look, this round's getting pretty close. It was a pretty close round. I need to start looking at my points, and, you know, hopefully I, I, I can, you know, get a finish by the end of this round. If not, I know I'm up on points just in case. Uh, and that's one thing that I've learned. That's awesome. It sounds like your mindset is is so focused on the game right now and something that you were focused on even prior to your last fight in April um, with Aaron Glant. You said you wanted a title shot with the victory. Were you surprised that you got your quest so quick, or, or was that in the contract for that bout? Um, you know, going into this, uh, going into the last fight, we, it was it was brought up. Uh, Mark Pavlich actually brought it up and uh, said that you know that I had what it take to you know that to be the champion, and he, he would love to see me as uh, his uh, lightweight champion. So you know, I told him I win this fight, I'm willing to you know that's my, that's what I'm here for. I'm here to be the best. I'm not here to get lost in the shuffle. I'm not here to you know take a fight here or there. Tell people I'm a fighter. Um, I'm here to do to do work and to be the best and to accomplish goals that I have set for myself. Um, so that that's kind of where that happened. And he's like, you know what? I love your mindset. You win this fight, I give you a shot. And I was like, all right, awesome. I went out there, got the job done, and you know they they confirmed you know that it was going to be for the title. Um, I'm not sure if you were updated. Unfortunately, Tom Galecchio uh, 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 pulled out of the fight uh, due to um, wanting to hold his belt a little longer. Um, no, <laughs> no, but uh, he, he he unfortunately uh, suffered some type of injury and can can compete, um, which happens. I totally understand and I get it. And I I wouldn't want to fight me if something was hurt. So um, you know I, I get it and I understand and you know I hope he heals up quick and you know we can step into the the ring uh, soon and and settle this so I can uh, take what he has that belongs to me. Um, but currently I'm fight I'm due to fight. Um, in, uh, I believe it's like Campbell or Kimball. I'm, I'm not really sure. Um, he's from Canada. Uh, I believe he's from Edmonton, and he's a K1 kickboxer. Um, you know, pretty tough guy, great striker, uh, very game, very, um, you know, loves to fight, it seems to be. And, um, you know, I, I, that's what I have my eyes set on now. I, uh, you know, change of direction from fighting for a title, but, uh, you know, I still, I've still been busting my ass to fight, so, you know, I'm going to make it happen. We're doing it at catch weight, at, uh, I believe at 159, uh, 158 plus one, but, um, you know, uh, that's what it is, you know, like I say, fighters fight regardless. So, obviously, the title is not up for grabs, um, which sort of sucks. <laughs> yeah, 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 big time. <laughs> Now, you last fought in April. Um, this fight's going to be in no October, which is, is basically a six-month span. Um, MFC doesn't throw the amount of cards that, that a lot of organizations out there do. They like to put on their span of cards over a couple months. Um, they throw all their events in Edmonton, pretty much. Would you like to be more active than that? Oh, man, I, I would love to be more active than that. Um, you know, uh, as you can see, I, I have 10 fights in, in two years. That's on average, I have 11 fights, but on average, it's five fights a year. Uh, my amateur career, I did 
And I did 11 fights in a year and a half or something. I love to fight. I love to train. I'm in the gym all day. You can call me at any given second and I'm ready to fight. Uh, that's what it is. That's what I do. Um, this is, uh, this is what I live. I, I don't, you know, I don't say this is what I do and that I fight and I'm a fighter. This is, this is actually my life. Uh, I wake up, I go to the gym, you know, before I go to sleep, I'm at the gym for about six hours throughout the day, all day, every day. So, uh, I love fighting and I, I love taking fights on short notice, um, you know, because the, you know, my opponents, uh, if you're going to get some dude that hasn't been training, that's not ready, or, you know, feels that he might get a lucky shot. But, you know, I go into my fight ready and prepared each and every time I step into the cage. I make sure that I, uh, I'm i ready to get the job done. Yeah, you sound very focused. You sound prepared. Um, you sound like you're excited to fight for the Maximum Fighting Championship. And, and you spoke well about Mark Pavlich earlier. A lot of people have... Um, not guys that fight for him, but guys that have fought for him and left the organization. A lot of media members out there have like ill will towards Mark Pavlich just because of how outspoken he is. Do you have anything to say about him? I mean, you, you seem like you enjoy oh, fighting for Mark. Yeah, no, definitely, man. I mean, uh, how I look at it is, is you know, I'll, I'll rather somebody say something to my face than go around my back and say it. Um, you know, Mark Pavlich, he just goes out there and he says it. I mean, he doesn't care what anyone thinks. He doesn't care what you're going to, if you're going to be his friend or not, you know, he, he goes out there and what's on his mind and what he believes is what he believes. And, and I believe that's the best type of person. Uh, you know, whether you like that person or not, you have to respect him for being that type of person. It's hard to find those kind of people nowadays. A lot of people go around your back and lie and do this and do that. And then it's just a bunch of nonsense. Uh, you know, he, 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 he doesn't do that. He just says what he says. He, he, he says what's on his mind and what he believes. And, you know, all I can do is respect a person that's like that because there's very few of us out there. For sure. Now, with a victory at MFC 41, it'll be a five-fight winning streak. Unfortunately, not the title. But is your ultimate goal following this, or as you said, you have goals and plans for the next few months, is it to be in the UFC? Oh, man, my, my goal is to be in the UFC, holding that belt above my head, around my waist, a smile on my face, and satisfaction in my heart um, for the time being. Of course, you know, I want to get right back on that horse and defend it. But that, that's where my, my goals are. That's where my mind is set. Um, everybody wants to be the best. And, uh, uh, you know, and to hold the belt in the UFC is, is the best. You know, that's worldwide. You hold the belt in the UFC in any way. You're the best in the world at that division. You know, so every fighter is on that road. Every fighter, is, that's what they want. That's their end goal. Um, uh, fortunately, that's not my end goal. I, I wouldn't continue to, you know, stun the world by being one of the first 55ers to hold it for, you know, an extremely long period of time and defending it. Um, but with that being said, yes, I, I want to be in the UFC. Um, you know, if Bellator calls, I, I know I've heard there's been talk that they're interested in me and they want to take me, um, but I'm in this contract with um, MFC. Um, you know, whatever is the next best thing for me, my career, um, at this point is the most important thing is uh, what, what, what can I do to better myself and to better my career. Um, so whatever is in the lines to better 
where I'm going and to get me closer to, you know, my shot at being the best in the world and helping me grow and learn as a, a person and a fighter, um, then that's what I'm going to do. Um, I got a great group of people that surround me, um, that help me make a lot of decisions that I just need the help making sometimes. Um, I've never been that type of person. I've never been the type of person to go and ask somebody. I, I always go off and I go on drives and I, I make decisions on my own, but, you know, I've realized I have a, a, a very, you know, core group of people that I, I, I actually trust. Um, I, I never really, I always have trust issues. I've always had trust issues my whole life. But um, this is, uh, you know, a group of people that I've actually trusted in and have trust in. And, uh, you know, I go to them for uh, this, uh, um, for um, any advice I need with MMA, uh, you know, my MMA career. So whatever is thrown at me, we talk it over and we make the best decision. Is the Ultimate Fighter an option? Um, unfortunately, I, I do not want to be an Ultimate Fighter. Um, I, I don't want to be. Um, I don't want to be the guy that everyone knows from Ultimate Fighter. I want to be the guy that you know he 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 grinded it out. He came out of nowhere. You know, uh, he just popped onto the scene and never seen this guy before. I, we've seen him his first UFC fight, but man, are we going to watch every? single fight that he fights in, you know, I, I want to be that guy that just, you know, takes everybody by surprise and, you know, the underdog that comes in on a short notice UFC card and, you know, blows people away and, you know, they're like, wow, like this guy can be a contender here soon. So, you know, that's, that's who I am and that's who I want to be. And that's, you know, I'm not about reality TV shows. Um, it's a quick way to get on, and, and I have nothing against it. I, you know, I love watching them and watching all the, you know, the drama and the, you know, the, you know, exaggerations of you know people's feelings. But you know, with that being said, is I'm not that kind of person. I'm not going to sit there and you know, you know, put on a show just to be on TV. I'm I'm here to go straight to the you know. I'm here to fight. I'm not here for. A, you know, to people see how I act outside the cage or to, you know, get me living or whatnot. I'm here to beat people up, and that's what I want to be judged by when I, you know, start my career in the UFC is, you know, this guy gets it done. You know, he steps into the cage and he gets it done. For sure. Now, finally, the nickname is Bad Intentions. Where did that come from, and have you ever walked out to Dr. Dre's song by the same name? <laughs> no, I've heard it, but no, I've never, no, I've never, uh, you know, walked out to it, but, um, my, um, my name came about, um, it was on uh, my amateur career. My very first fight, I came out and I was just amped up, you know, I've been in hundreds of fights, unfortunately, outside of, you know, uh, the, the fighting, you know, sport. So, I mean, I was very game and happy to fight without having to get in trouble or, you know, you know, anything. So I came out explosive, powerful, you know, something to prove, I guess. And, and everybody was like, man, that dude is freaking vicious. He's there throwing all these names around. And in my second fight, um, uh, a commentator uh, goes by the name of Bumpy out in Colorado. was like, um, you know, he announced me and he was like, uh, Marcus, Bad Intentions Edwards. And, you know, it, that just kind of stuck. And everybody's like, man, every time I do interviews, like, man, that, that name is just perfect for you. When you come out there, you have nothing but bad intentions in everything that you throw and every movement you make. It's just bad intentions, you know? So, 
um, it, it stuck, and you know that's what it's been ever since. So the funny thing is, like I was like going in, I was there, like, you can, you know, I was like, everybody has a nickname. I can pick a nickname. I want to be called the Fireman, you know, like all these guys are gonna come in with the with this fire in them to be the best, and I'm gonna be the dude that just puts it out, you know. That's what I want to be. But they're like, nah, you don't get to pick your name. <laughs> like, <"All> right, cool. <laughs> You can catch Marcus Edwards at MFC 41 on October 3rd from the Shaw Conference Center in Edmonton, Alberta, live on Access TV against Shane Campbell, late replacement. Uh, Marcus, thanks a bunch, and just let people know where they can get a hold of you in social media universe. Oh, man, I'm, I, I'm very active on Instagram. Um, my name on there is um, Marcus42, M-A-R-K-I-S-S, 42, um, if you uh, if you have a Twitter, you can follow me at Bad Intentions ninety one. Um, on my Facebook, um, it's uh, Marcus Edwards. Um, it's Marcus Edwards or Marcus Bad Intentions Edwards. Uh, but you know, go ahead and go out and follow me, and you know, I, I guarantee I won't disappoint you guys. Perfect. Thanks a lot, Marcus. Good luck on uh, October third. Thanks. I appreciate it, man. Unfortunate um, change for Marcus Edwards. He is not fighting for the title anymore. Um, an, an opponent change. Uh, Tom Galicchio has pulled out of the fight due to an injury. He uh, will no longer be defending his belt. So Marcus Edwards has a new test on his hands, and uh, he sounds ready for that. Uh, it, it was interesting to hear that he said that uh, Bellator was interested in him. However, he is signed to the MFC. He does not want to fight on The Ultimate Fighter. He believes that he is not a reality TV star he wants to show his grit and grind and get in there and make it to the UFC without that reality show. So thank you to him for joining me. Um, thank you to James Krause for joining me. As always, thank you to my segment hosts, Dinesh John, this episode, and as always, Justin Perot. You can catch Sucker Radio on iTunes, on Stitcher, and on TuneIn, um, as well as MMASucker.com. And make sure you like MMA Sucka on Facebook, facebook.com slash MMA Sucka. Follow us on Twitter, at MMA Sucka, and myself, at JeremyBrand604. And with that, I'm out. Big right hand. Oh, look at the face of fight. One punch knockout. Fantastic. That's just nasty. He's in big trouble. Fire away. Oh. He tagged him again. Big shot. He's hurt. It is all over. There's not a man alive that can beat me. Oh my god! Unbelievable! I am so fired up for this fight! Somebody is going to get rocked.